1: Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of EO Fire, and welcome to Master Leadership. Great leaders ask great questions, and this podcast takes you on a journey to master leadership with questions that matter to leaders who matter with your host, Lily Sinabria. Hi, this is Lily, and welcome to Master Leadership, where we connect with leaders worldwide to gain insights on important topics to help us on our journey towards greater significance. If you would like to participate as a guest, or if you have a question that you would like to ask a guest, go to masterleadership.org for more information. Angel Henry, the inclusive manager strategist and ceiling breaker. She's also the author of an award-winning book, Dents in the Ceiling, Tools Women and Allies Need to Break Through. As a 20-year-old veteran of corporate America, she has amassed quite a few lessons learned. She has a background in the pharmaceutical and healthcare industries and over 15 years in the project management discipline. As a black woman in tech, she is often the only in the room and has found herself struggling from imposter syndrome, feeling invisible, being bullied, suffered sexual harassment, and more, so much more. She is passionate for diversity in the field of IT. Her knowledge of why women and minorities are oftentimes missing from the C-suite will enable IT leaders to help advance the conversation of inclusion and make real change. She's also the founder of angelspeaking.com, an organization dedicated to leveraging an agile mindset to amplify women's voices and create active allies. Welcome, Angel Henry. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. We're super excited to have you. Are you ready to pour into our listeners? Absolutely. All right. So Angel, tell us a bit about your path to leadership and what you're doing now. So my path to leadership
0: started, oh
1: my gosh, almost
0: 15 years ago, where I was plucked as a business analyst in an IT department. As a project manager, and I found myself as fairly young, maybe five, six years out of college. And I'm now responsible for leading this team to a big systems implementation. And I was thinking, I am so far over my head. I don't know what to do. And thank goodness for a coworker named Bradley. He literally took me under his wing. And not only did he show me the ropes, not only did he show me the mechanics of doing the job, but he showed me so much about how to connect with the team to get the job done. And those base principles that I pulled from Bradley and others along the way really propelled me into the position I have now, which is president of Angel Speaking, which is all about teaching other people how to connect with their co-workers. So it's come full circle.
1: But isn't that how it typically happens? You yes. perform well, they promote you, and then it's like, Any training here? And especially for leadership, right? Leadership isn't about knowing how to do your area. I mean, you've done it well, but it's not about that. It's absolutely about connecting. And I love that Bradley stepped up. I don't know if that was by design or he just decided to help you.
0: He saw a fellow person in trouble and said, let me help her out. So, yes.
1: (laughs) but You know, that speaks to your leadership, too, and to your curiosity and wanting to learn, like knowing where you are, right? And saying, I don't know how to do this. Exactly. Sometimes that's what it takes, right? It
0: does. I just need somebody with a bit of self-awareness to say, (laughs) It's okay that you don't know, let me help you. And that is the fundamental problem. You hit the nail on the head. A lot of leaders, you know, have this pride and ego and vibrato and don't think that they can show weakness or that they don't know something. And so instead of being open and honest and working with an advisor a coach or mentor, they'll cover and they'll try to hide their weaknesses or, you know, kind of put down the emotional intelligence piece and really lean into the hard skills. And unfortunately, that's where we see them being rewarded for doing that.
1: Right. Yeah. But I love how you've taken responsibility for this, because now you know the need. And so you created this organization, Angels Speaking, which, which by the way, I love that. Oh, thank um, you. So those are marks of a leader. You see the need, you fill it. Because leadership skills are something that we can learn. Yes, so tell absolutely. us about angel speaking
0: i am so excited because i've done something pretty unique where i've taken a traditional what we would consider an it project management methodology called agile i really kind of stripped down the framework just to get to the four core principles of agile and the mindset that it takes to be an agile leader and i applied that to diversity equity and inclusion space so essentially my coaches and i work with organizations whether it's small group coaching or, you know, coaching at a macro level, like doing a talk, a keynote, a training, an educational series. But regardless of what we're doing, we're doing it in four basic steps. And it's, let's identify what the problem is. What is it that we're going after? And number two, which is always the hardest part, prioritization, Right. There's a whole lot of tools and a whole lot of things in the diversity, equity, inclusion space skills that you can practice as a leader from empathy to emotional intelligence to how to diversify your candidate pool. I mean, there's a lot of things there that we talk about that we give people and fill their toolkit with and then they walk away and don't even know where to start. So prioritization is the key. It's like, okay, here's the list of things you can do. Let's prioritize on literally the one thing that we're going to do and we're going to move the needle on in the next couple of weeks, maybe one month at the most, right? And then the secret sauce is connecting back after you've implemented something and talking about it. What yeah. went well? What didn't? What do we need to change? Because I see a lot of leaders, they'll get into these diversity, equity, inclusion trainings. They'll get all hyped up and they're like, okay, I'm going to go have a real authentic conversation with my direct employee. And they go back and the conversation crashes and burns. It does not go as expected. The other person throws up the wall. They feel like they've been tokenized. They're like, this person just asked me a bunch of personal questions and I don't even trust them. And they're like, what? I messed up. I did this wrong. And they'll retreat, right? And so no, 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 no. We teach them and give them the tools before you even go out here. I tell them you're going to mess up. You're (laughs) going to make a mistake. (laughs) If you're a leader... You're going to put your foot in your mouth. You're going to overstep boundaries. Somebody's going to misconstrue your intent. It's going to happen. So let me tell you upfront what to do about it.
1: So you gave us what's the problem, priority, connecting, and what's the fourth one? I think there's a fourth one, right?
0: Yes. Continuous improvement. That's the secret sauce. Let's just keep going. We tried it. Did it work? Did it not work? Where do we need to course correct? And then we do those steps all over again.
1: Right. And this is so different from IT where you can get have a problem in IT and say, hey, can you come fix it? And then they, and it's fixed and maybe a couple of minutes. I don't know. Depending on customer service, right?
0: Right. Um, right.
1: This takes time. It does. And patience. It does. It right. Does. So that's, but that's- we
0: can move the needle kind of quickly uh-huh. though. And I caution people. It's a two-pronged approach. Once again, you hit the nail right on the head. When we're talking about changing people, (laughs) we're talking about having them practice different skills and learning something different. Yes, of course, that takes time. But it's the practice piece that we really want to focus on. It's did you try something in the next two weeks? How did it go? And you just keep building upon those little micro successes. And then now fast forward, you know, six months, nine months, a year later, now you see some
1: tangible change. And I imagine coaching is a big part of what you do. Yeah. Right. Because you have to interject that um, based on the needs. Um, now, Now, Angel speaking, tell us how to connect with you. Oh, my goodness. Yes.
0: So I'm so excited. We are launching this year the inclusive manager educational series. You will love this, right? This is all about taking both the long-term and the short-term approach. So it can be six months, nine months, a year long initiative, but every quarter myself and our coaches are working with the department, the team, you know, whatever the client is looking for and working with them on a specific educational series for that quarter. So we'll introduce something at the beginning and then we'll let them practice it along the way for two months or so. And then the third month we come back in and do a check in and then give them something else to practice. So it's all targeted to people managers. That's the key. It's folks that have other people in charge that are doing their performance appraisals. They're doing their goal setting. They're trying to give them feedback. Sometimes they're successful at that and sometimes they're not. Sometimes people don't get any feedback at all. And so if you have that as your job duty, as your responsibility, we want to laser focus on that. Only because if you're hiring knowledge workers, if you're hiring people that you're focused on what's in their brain, And them coming up with ideas and being able to implement those ideas, then give them the freedom to do so. And you as a people manager now have to figure out how to support them. Because quite frankly, some of those people that are underneath you might know more than you do about the job. So then if you're responsible for their career development, how then can you best support them? And that's where I want to shift the focus to.
1: Fantastic. And so how can we connect with you?
0: Oh, yes. That's info, I-N-F-O, at angelsspeaking.com.
1: So angelspeaking.com is your website, yes. and we can go there yes. and download a bunch of things. Absolutely. So- <laughs> Great. So I <laughs> see behind you something. You're an author. Tell us about that. Yes, that
0: was the catalyst for Angel speaking. So here's the funny story. You're going to enjoy this one. So I wrote this book, Dents in the Ceiling, Tools Women and Allies Need to Break Through. And it's essentially my story as an African American female on the executive leadership team being the only And what that all might entail, right? And all of my experiences in tech, microaggressions, being bullied, being treated like the maid. So I interviewed 30 other women, just like me, from coast to coast, from Washington State to Florida, every point in between. And they shared their stories and their examples as well. And so collected that and put it in the book. And I naively thought that. We're going to get the book out there and they're going to read it and people are going to make change, right? So the women will be validated in their experiences and the allies that are reading the book will be made aware of some of these issues that are going on in their companies and want to come alongside and help. And my business coach was like, (laughs) yeah, you're going to need to do more than just market the book. And that's where Angel Speaking was born.
1: Beautiful. I love it. Love it. All right. So there's so much to learn here and so much to dive into. And I love the fact that you've interviewed people and you put those into stories because it's about connecting, right? Very, very important work, Angel. Thank you. So as a lifelong learner, what are you learning right now? Oh my goodness. So much. I, (laughs)
0: again, 20 years in tech right? And that's my lens of people management. So I now get the opportunity to work with organizations that are in like construction and supply chain management and healthcare and just completely different industries that I am now getting exposed to and learning about their challenges. The one that really was the most eye-opening in my learning journey so far has been actually in athletics, I was fortunate enough to be invited to our local athletic association and do a keynote around DE and I, and in preparation for understanding about athletic directors and their roles, and from you know high school athletics all the way up to collegiate. Oh my goodness, the leadership! In athletics, when you talk about those that have the power and the control, so you know, the head coaches, the head athletic directors, those that are over top athletic departments, they are overwhelmingly white men, overwhelmingly. And the path to get to those positions is fraught with bias and kind of an old guard network. And I was thinking to myself, well, I thought tech was bad. (laughs) But when I started to delve into athletics, again, from junior high level all the way up to collegiate and professional, I was really taken aback. So that was the most eye-opening in terms of my journey. But again, I get to from supply chain to construction workers to healthcare to learn about other industries and how I can take my skills and experience and leverage the skills and experience of our coaches and apply it to help those organizations as well that are in those areas.
1: As you're talking about your experience there, I can't help but think of education and the education space. That's where my heart is. Okay. Um, it's always been there. This is why I started this. In 2016, after that infamous election, I suppose, Understood. I, I said, first of all, the pool of candidates to me was like, wow. And then After the election, I thought, what did I do or not do as an educator to get people to think? Of course, I'm taking responsibility, but it's a macro thing to get people to think that this is good leadership. Yeah. Um, And when you dig into the education space, we have very, very intelligent people, but we don't teach leadership skills. And the leadership skills that we do teach in ed leadership courses are more about case studies and more of the same thing. And we don't deviate to, hey, this is social emotional. This is connection. This is people skills. And it's hard, but it's a beautiful thing. And so when I think of your story, it's this big ship with a little rudder. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> trying to steer this exactly. right. Oh, thank <laughs> you. Right. Such a phenomenal example. Thank you,
0: you for you that know, visual.
1: It's going to take a whole bunch of us, right? Collaborating and working together to help as we wake up, as we continue to awaken, as we continue exactly. to be self aware, we yep. need to share that because humanity needs that. So I love what you're doing. And I'm so proud of you and I'm excited because <laughs> you we need this. You need this. All right. So I have a question from a former guest. Okay, so Peter Anderton wants to know, what's the biggest mistake you've ever made as a leader and what did you learn from it?
0: Oh, my. Oh, the biggest. Oh, geez. Okay, lots of mistakes. What's one that we can learn from? I know there was one young lady who applied to be on my team and she was absolutely phenomenal. I am talking rock star material, hands down. And I took a personal liking and interest into grooming and developing her. I saw her potential as taking my job one day. She was applying to be a project coordinator, (laughs) had never won a project before on her own in her life. But I saw her potential so clearly that I instantly had in my mind, mapped out her whole career journey. And I was going to personally help her get there, right? And she was presented an opportunity to lead a project by herself. I recommended her for it. And I said, you know, I don't have the bandwidth to hold your hand, but I'm going to put one of my most experienced manager trainers with you. You guys are going to pair together. You're going to be rock solid. No problems, right? I thought it was going to be a great experience. And the poor girl was so apprehensive and she was not apprehensive about not taking the job. She was very clear that she didn't want the job. She was apprehensive about telling me because she didn't want to disappoint me. See, her career aspirations were not mine. Her career aspirations were never to lead an entire project management department. That wasn't her calling. That's not what she wanted to do. And my biggest mistake was I didn't even stop to ask her.
1: Hmm. Isn't that something? We could have more aspiration and more vision for other people because we see their potential. But she's not there yet. Maybe she will get there, Angel. Maybe you ignited something in her. I don't know, but I get that. When you see something in someone and you, mm.
0: <laughs> Yes, you said it. That's exactly what I was thinking. Mm, I could just.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So tell
0: me what you learned. Yes. I learned to stop and ask the basic questions before I impose my will on someone else When I'm having those career development discussions, the very first thing out of my mouth is, what do you want? What do you see for yourself? Where do you want to go? I am in a role of supporting and helping and leveraging myself or my network to help you get there. But before I make that assumption, I am absolutely always asking
1: that question first from now on. And you grew in your listening skills, right? Oh, yeah. Good point. (laughs) Yes. Yes. We have an agenda, we have a goal and everybody, you know, around us comes into our orbit and we're like, oh yes, talent. But the listening is so super important as leaders and as leaders of people. You said something, you said people managers, is that what you said? That's correct. And I honor that. I don't think people should be managed or want to be managed. They want to be led. No,
0: I agree. I struggle with that terminology as well. However, I unintentionally confuse my target audience, which are HR leaders. And so they use the term manage. And when I say people leaders in their mind, they're thinking potentials, right? Like people that are individual contributors that don't have the actual responsibility of performance management and goal setting and things like that. So I had to actually switch back to use the word people manager, so that my HR counterparts, the people that I'm coming alongside to help that they get exactly the target audience that I'm talking about. So I'm with you. In IT, we always say the word resource. And I'm like, well, people aren't resources, things are resources, this device is a resource, but we always use the word resources, we always say they're people are resources. And it's like,
1: no, it's human capital, not
0: resources. So I'm with you, I I completely get it. And,
1: we, and we are, we're always shifting, right? And changing language is important. You know, the hard skills versus soft skills, which are the hardest to learn. <laughs> right, isn't, isn't that hilarious? down that rabbit hole. All right. All right. So thank you, Angel. Now, as a listener of this podcast, what's a question that you would like a future leadership guest to respond to? Like, what are you curious about? Let's see here. I would love to know where they
0: see the future of leadership going. We've heard a lot about leadership 2.0, and leadership 2.0 was referring to what we know is, you know, the soft skills, which is really hard, like, you know, emotional intelligence. And I am so curious as to where they think that a leadership 3.0, what that would entail, what does that look like?
1: Oh, interesting question. Forward thinker you. <laughs> All right. I love it. Love it. Okay. So we'll certainly pose that to our next guest. Now, is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners?
0: There's so much. Where do we start? Uh, I would say I'm going to try to distill it down to the one thing. The one thing I always end with, if I'm doing a presentation or talk, I would say I'm going to get the one thing that I'm going to ask you to do. The one thing that I would love the listeners to do is to take a step back and take stock of who they have in their world. And when I say the world, I mean, who's in their top 10 phone a friend list, right? Who are the co workers that are closest to you, the people that you go to church with, the people that you hang out with after work, your family members, who are they? What are their social identities in terms of gender, race, ethnicity, sexual orientation, political affiliation, if you know it? Disability, if they've disclosed that to you, just take stock of who they are, their different identities, and think about how diverse those people are that are close to you, or maybe how little diversity there is in those people that are close to you. And if you fall in the category like I did on some of those categories, right? Like gender, for example, eight out of my 10 closest people identify as female nothing wrong with that. But every now and then, it's good to have a male perspective. It's good to bring that into your thought process and, and, and help to expand your ideas, right? So if your orbit is a little bit homogeneous in some of those areas, think of ways that you can just organically expand, maybe in some cases intentionally. So real quick, the way that I did that, I realized that everyone in my orbit is pretty much middle class, upper middle class or middle class everybody's degreed up everybody's got phd several master degrees but you know all business degrees all kinds of things so i in my personal orbit i don't have anyone that's experiencing or have experienced poverty or housing insecurity and so i intentionally joined the board of family promise of greater indianapolis to learn more about that population and how i can help so that's one way that you can do so intentionally but be authentic at the same time
1: I love that because it expands your awareness, your influence, and people's influence on your life. Exactly. And you. So everybody's growing. I love that. Thank you. Wow. What a great way to end this angel. Thank you so much for adding value to me and to our listeners. It's been a great conversation. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate you doing this. In closing, here's a quick message.